Chapter 14 of Penrod and Sam. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Jonathan Burchard, April 2009. Penrod and Sam by Booth Tarkington. Chapter 14 Camel Work in the Jungle. The completed cage, with Gypsy behind the bars, framed a spectacle sufficiently thrilling and panther like. Gypsy raved, spat, struck virulently at taunting fingers, turned on his wailing siren for minutes at a time, and he gave his imitation of a dromedary almost continuously. These phenomena could be intensified in picturesqueness, the boys discovered, by rocking the cage a little, tapping it with a hammer, or raking the bars with a stick. Altogether, Gypsy was having a lively afternoon. Then there came a vigorous rapping on the alley door of the stable, and Vermin was admitted. "'Yay, Vermin!' cried Sam Williams. "'Come and look at our good old panther!' Another curiosity, however, claimed Vermin's attention. His eyes opened wide, and he pointed at Herman's legs. "'Wama oo! Mama hai oo hip ap ho wib "'Mama, tell me get at stove-wood!' Herman interpreted resentfully. "'How am I going to get at stove-wood when my bridge is down at bottom of cistern? "'I like you answer me, please!' You shut that door behind you. Vermin complied, and again, pointing to his brother's legs, requested to be enlightened. Sin I told you once stay down the bottom at cistern, Herman shouted, much exasperated. You wanna know how come so? You ask Sam Williams. He says this year cat tuck and throwed him down there. Sam, who was busy rocking the cage, remained cheerfully absorbed in that occupation. Come look at our good old panther, Vermin, he called. I'll get this circus cage rockin' right good, and then— Wait a minute, said Penrod. I got something to think about. Quit rockin' it. I guess I got a right to think about something without having to go deaf, haven't I? Having obtained the quiet so plaintively requested, he knit his brow and gazed intently upon Vermin, then upon Herman, then upon Gypsy. Evidently, his idea was fermenting. He broke the silence with a shout. I know, Sam! I know what we'll do now. I just thought of it, and it's going to be something I bet there aren't any other boys in this town could do, because where would they get any good old panther like we got, and Herman and Vermin? And they'd have to have a dog, too, and we got our good old dookie, I guess. I bet we have the greatest old time this afternoon we ever had in our lives. His enthusiasm roused the warm interest of Sam and Vermin, though Herman, remaining cold and suspicious, asked for details. "'And I like to hear if it's something,' he concluded. "'What's going get me my britches back out in that cistern?' "'Well, it ain't exactly that,' said Penrod. "'It's different from that. "'What I'm thinking about, well, for us to have it the way it ought to be, "'so's you and Vermin would look like natives, "'well, well, Vermin ought to take off his britches, too.' "'Mo!' said Vermin, shaking his head violently. "'Mo!' "'Well, wait a minute, can't you?' Sam Williams said. Give Penrod a chance to say what he wants to first, can't you? Go on, Penrod. Well, you know, Sam, said Penrod, turning to his sympathetic auditor, you remember that movin' picture show we went to, Forty Graphing Wild Animals in the Jungle? Well, Herman wouldn't have to do a thing more to look like those natives we saw that the man called the beaters. They were dressed just about like the way he is now, and if Vermin— Mo, said Vermin. Oh, wait a minute, Vermin, Sam entreated. Go on, Penrod. 
Well, we can make a mighty good jungle up in the loft, Penrod continued eagerly. We can take that old dead tree that's out in the alley and some branches, and I bet we could have the best jungle you ever saw. And then we'd fix up a kind of place in there for our panther, only, of course, we'd have to keep him in the cage so as he wouldn't run away, but we'd pretend he was loose. And then you remember how they did with that calf? Well, we'd have Duke for the tied-up calf for the panther to come out and jump on so they could fortigraph him. Herman could be the chief beater, and we'll let Vermin be the other beaters, and I'll— Yay! shouted Sam Williams. I'll be the fortigraph man! No, said Penrod. You be the one with the gun that guards the fortigraph man, because I'm the fortigraph man already. You can fix up a mighty good gun with this carpenter shop, Sam. We'll make spears for our good old beaters, too, and I'm going to make me a camera out of that little starch box and bacon powder can that's going to be a mighty good old camera. We can do lots more things. Yay! Sam cried. Let's get started. He paused. Wait a minute, Penrod. Vermin says he won't. Well, he's got to, said Penrod. I'm mump, Vermin insisted, almost distinctly. They began to argue with him, but for a time, Vermin remained firm. They upheld the value of dramatic consistency, declaring that a beater dressed as completely as he was wouldn't look like anything at all. He would spoil the whole business, they said, and they praised Herman for the faithful accuracy of his costume. They also insisted that the garment in question was much too large for Vermin anyway, having been so recently worn by Herman and turned over to Vermin with insufficient alteration and they expressed surprise that anybody with any sense should make such a point of clinging to a misfit. Herman sided against his brother in this controversy, perhaps because a certain loneliness, of which he was conscious, might be assuaged by the company of another trouserless person, or it may be that his motive was more somber. Possibly he remembered that Vermin's trousers were his own former property, and might fit him in case the promise for five o'clock turned out badly. At all events, Vermin finally yielded under great pressure, and consented to appear in the proper costume of the multitude of beaters it now became his duty to personify. Shouting, the boys dispersed to begin the preparation of their jungle scene. Sam and Penrod went for branches in the dead tree, while Herman and Vermin carried the panther in his cage to the loft, where the first thing that Vermin did was to hang his trousers on a nail in a conspicuous and accessible spot near the doorway and with the arrival of Penrod and Sam, panting and dragging no inconsiderable thicket after them, the colored brethren began to take a livelier interest in things. Indeed, when Penrod a little later placed in their hands two spears, pointed with tin, their good spirits were entirely restored, and they even began to take a pride in being properly uncostumed beaters. Sam's gun and Penrod's camera were entirely satisfactory, especially the latter. The camera was so attractive, in fact, that the hunter and the chief beater and all the other beaters immediately resigned and insisted upon being photographers. Each had to be given a turn before the jungle project could be resumed. "'Now, for goodness' sakes,' said Penrod, taking the camera from Vermin, "'I hope you're done so as we can get started doing something like we ought to. We've got to have Duke for a tied-up calf. We'll have to bring him and tie him out here in front of the jungle, and then the panther will come out and jump on him.' Wait, and I'll go bring him. Departing upon this errand, Penrod found Duke enjoying the declining rays of the sun in the front yard. Hiya, Duke, called his master in an indulgent tone. Come on, good old Dukey, come along. Duke rose conscientiously and followed him. I got him, men, Penrod called from the stairway. I got our good old calf all ready to be tied up. Here he is. 
and he appeared in the doorway with the unsuspecting little dog behind him. Gypsy, who had been silent for some moments, instantly raised his banshee battle-cry, and Duke yelped in horror. Penrod made a wild effort to hold him, but Duke was not to be detained. Unnatural strength and activity came to him in his delirium, and for the second or two that the struggle lasted, his movements were too rapid for the eyes of the spectators to follow. Merely a whirl and blur in the air could be seen. Then followed a sound of violent scrambling, and Penrod sprawled alone at the top of the stairs. "'Well, won't you come and help me?' he demanded indignantly. "'I couldn't get him back now if I was to try a million years.' "'What we going to do about it?' Sam asked. Penrod rose and dusted his knees. "'We got to get along without any tied-up calf, that's certain. "'But I got to take these forty graphs some way or other.' "'Me and Vermin are ready to begin at beatin', Herman suggested. "'You told us we the beaters.' "'Well, wait a minute,' said Penrod, whose feeling for realism in drama was always alert. "'I want to get a mighty good picture of that old panther this time.' As he spoke, he threw open the wide door intended for the delivery of hay into the loft from the alley below. "'Now bring the cage over here by this door so's I can get it a better light. It's getting kind of dark over where the jungle is.' We'll pretend there isn't any cage there, and soon as I get him fortigraphed, I'll holler, Shoot, men! Then you must shoot, Sam, and Herman, you and Vermin must hammer on the cage with your spears and holler, Hoo-hoo! And pretend you're spearing him. Well, we are, well, we are ready, said Herman. Hoo-hoo! Wait a minute, Penrod interposed, frowningly surveying the cage. I got to squat too much to get my camera fixed right. He assumed various solemn poses to be interpreted as those of a photographer studying his subject. No, he said finally, it won't take good that way. My goodness, Herman exclaimed, when are we going to begin at beating? Here, apparently Penrod had solved a weighty problem. Bring that busted old kitchen chair and set the panther up on it. There, that's the ticket. This way it'll be a mighty good picture. He turned to Sam importantly. "'Well, Jim, is the chief and all his beaters here?' "'Yes, Bill, all here,' Sam responded with an air of loyalty. "'Well, then, I guess we're ready,' said Penrod, in his deepest voice. "'Beat, men!' Herman and Vermin were anxious to beat. They set up the loudest uproar of which they were capable. "'Hoo-hoo-hoo!' they bellowed, flailing the branches with their spears and stamping heavily upon the floor. Sam, carried away by the elan of the performance, was unable to resist joining them. "'Hoo-hoo-hoo!' he shouted. "'Hoo-hoo-hoo!' And as the dust rose from the door to their stomping, the three of them produced such a din and hoo-hooing as could be made by nothing on earth except boys. "'Back, men!' Penrod called, raising his voice to the utmost. "'Back for your lives! The panther! Now I'm taking his picture! Click, click! Shoot, men, shoot!' "'Bing! Bing!' shouted Sam, leveling his gun at the cage, while Herman and Vermin hammered upon it, and Gypsy cursed boys the world and the day he was born. "'Bing! Bing! Bing!' "'You missed him!' screamed Penrod. "'Give me that gun!' And snatching it from Sam's unwilling hand, he leveled it at the cage. "'Bing!' he roared. Simultaneously, there was the sound of another report, but this was an actual one, and may best be symbolized by the statement that it was a whack. The recipient was Herman, and, outrageously surprised and pained, he turned to find himself face to face with a heavily built colored woman who had recently ascended the stairs and approached the preoccupied hunters from the rear. In her hand was a lath, and even as Herman turned it was again wielded, this time upon Vermin. 
"Mammy!" "Yes, you bettah holler, Mammy!" she panted. "My goodness, if you pappy don't lam you tonight! Ain't you got no more sense than to let white boys swade you to play in African heathens? Why your britches?" "Yonah vermins," quavered Herman. "Where you own?" Choking, Herman answered bravely. "'At'll cat tuck and throw em down cistern!" Exasperated, almost beyond endurance, she lifted the lath again, but unfortunately, in order to obtain a better field of action, she moved backward a little, coming in contact with the bars of the cage, a circumstance that she overlooked. More unfortunately still, the longing of the captive to express his feelings was such that he would have had welcomed the opportunity to attack an elephant. He had been striking and scratching at inanimate things and at boys out of reach for the past hour, but here at last was his opportunity. He made the most of it. I'll learn you tell me get out. Ooh! The colored woman leaped into the air like an athlete, and turning with a swiftness astounding in one of her weight, beheld the semaphoric arm of Gypsy again extended between the bars and hopefully reaching for her. Beside herself, she lifted her foot briskly from the ground, allowing the sole of her shoe to come in contact with Gypsy's cage. The cage moved from the tottering chair beneath it. It passed through the yawning hay-door and fell resoundingly to the alley below, where, as Penrod and Sam, with cries of dismay, rushed to the door and looked down, it burst asunder and disgorged a large, bruised, and chastened cat. Gypsy paused and bent one strange look upon the broken box. Then he shook his head and departed up the alley, the two boys watching him till he was out of sight. Before they turned, a harrowing procession issued from the carriage-house doors beneath them. Herman came first, hurriedly completing a temporary security in Verman's trousers. Verman followed, after a little reluctance that departed coincidentally with some inspiriting words from the rear. He crossed the alley hastily, and his mammy stalked behind, using constant eloquence and a frequent laugh. They went into the small house across the way and closed the door. Then Sam turned to Penrod. Penrod, he said thoughtfully, was it on account of forty-graphing in the jungle you wanted to keep that cat? No, that was a mighty fine-blooded cat. We'd have made some money. Sam jeered. You mean when we'd tell tickets to look at it in its cage? Penrod shook his head. And if Gypsy could have overheard and understood his reply, that atrabilious spirit, almost broken by the events of the day, might have considered this last blow the most overwhelming of all. No, said Penrod, when she had kittens. End of chapter 14